Sundays. Federal agent. With and two doses of NCIS. You up for a ride? Saddle up. First, NCIS is ready for action in the hunt for a killer. I'm impressed. See? He's impressed. Then, Vanessa Lachey heats things up in the new NCIS Hawaii. I got you right where I want you. Just going where the case takes me. It all starts tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for the setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on the ticket. Here are your host, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome into the setup here on a Monday, September twenty seventh edition of the show. Cade Carlton, Andrew Bowen, with you here on ninety five three FM, ninety six nine FM, the ticket nine seventy AM KNA. You can also find us on 953theticket.com or through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. Also on social media, Twitter at 953theticket, Facebook.com slash 953theticket. Uh, a lot to get into on the show today. We'll, uh, we'll dedicate most of the first two segments uh, to going over A-State Tulsa, what happened in that game this week. Uh, also, a lot of college football news from a national standpoint. Uh, some NFL news that we'll we'll get into. Uh, we'll talk a little Ryder Cup uh, and much more coming up on the program. So, uh, a lot to get into, a lot to unpack on a Monday edition of the setup, and we'll do it after Andrew gets us caught up with some of the headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. In A-State football news, after a great day for special teams, it was just not enough. Red Wolves lost to Tulsa 41-34 on Saturday. Johnny Lang returned a punt for a touchdown, while Al Lamar had a 93-kick-yard return touchdown and was named the Sunbelt Special Teams Player of the Week. But the Golden Hurricane racked up 663 yards of offense and several explosive plays to beat A-State 41-34. A-State is now 1-3 on the season. Meanwhile, Arkansas snapped a nine-game losing skid in the Southwest Classic with a 20-10 victory over seventh-ranked Ar- uh, Texas A&M. Traylon Burks had 167 yards receiving and a touchdown to help the Hogs improve to 4-0. The Razorbacks have moved up to number eight in this week's AP poll. I mean, that was a heck of a game. Yeah. Arkansas is on a, on a roll right now. Yep. Moving on to the Cardinals, the streak continues. St. Louis closed out a four-game sweep of the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field on Sunday with a 4-2-1 win to put the overall win streak at 16 games. The Birds are off today and begin a series against Milwaukee on Tuesday. And this has been your headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service. All right, thank you, Andrew. Uh, All right, so let's get into A-State Tulsa from Saturday. uh, And... Not much good came out of the game. Uh, there were a few bright spots, but mostly not much good came out of the game for A-State Tulsa on Saturday. Uh, A-State didn't look terrible throwing the ball, uh, but, man, they were so, just like we've seen throughout most of the year, were so kind of one-dimensional on offense. Uh, right. Their ability to run the ball is still, uh, you know, an Achilles heel and something that is 
going to hamper them offensively until they finally establish a run game at some point. It didn't look terrible throwing the ball. Uh, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Uh, you know, James Blackman, 23 of 37, 321 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. So he's fine. Uh, but A State had 38 rushing yards. So obviously that's something that has to change. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I don't want to pin the loss on the offense because. They scored 34 – you know, A-State had 34 points in the game. Now, seven of those 34 did come off a special team's return, um, and there were, you know, two, three field goals in the game. So, obviously, A-State left some points out there offensively, but I don't think the A-State offense was the one that really cost, uh, cost A-State the game because it was really the defense's inability to kind of get off the field on Saturday. Um, really – Tulsa probably left, you know, with with turnovers, with penalties. Tulsa probably left anywhere from 14 to 18 points on the board. Uh, If Tulsa punches it in there at the end of the game, um, and then, you know, Tulsa was driving and they threw an interception there in the second quarter of play. If Tulsa punches those two scores in um, and they don't cost themselves points, it's the third straight week, easily the third straight week, Ray State's given up 50 or more points, but instead it was just a 41-34 to uh, outcome. All of Tulsa's touchdowns in the game, except one, were 25-plus yards or longer. So all of their plays, uh, touchdown scoring plays, came on what you would consider an explosive play. For A-State, the game started out great. Uh, A-State went up 14-7. They had their first lead at the end of the first quarter of play. Uh, all season long, Johnny Lang had a punt return touchdown of 88 yards and really thought that, hey, A-State had the momentum. Uh, Johnny Lang returns it for 88 yards, uh, and A-State has a lot of momentum, and so let's see if they can kind of rack it up offensively. And that never kind of really happened. Uh, You know, you had the Dahu Green drive where he caught a 39-yard touchdown pass uh, there in the second quarter of play, and it kind of had shades of – a drive at ULM, and a lot of people remember a few years ago where A-State, it was really the only drive Dahu Green played in that game in 2019, but it was pass to Dahu, pass to Dahu, pass to Dahu. I mean, he caught four catches on that drive. That's His touchdown drive really had shades of that there in the uh, first half of play. But really, after that, where A-State's up 14-7, to you go punt, fumble, punt, and 33 yards of total offense in the second quarter of play. Tulsa outscores A-State 17-0 in the second quarter to take a 10-point lead into the half. We talked about four complete quarters on Friday. The second quarter was the furthest from complete uh, yeah. A-State has had. Not counting the Washington game, the furthest from complete A-State has had all year long. Uh, A-State actually won the second half. They outscored Tulsa 20-17, to but by that point it was uh, too little, too late. Um, just every big play A-State had, Tulsa had an even bigger one. Uh, you know, third quarter of play, A-State drives down the field. They go and score a touchdown. It was a 10-11 play drive where they drive down the field, go score a touchdown. Tulsa gets the ball back, and on their first play from scrimmage, it's a 75-yard touchdown run that was just kind of deflating, and one where you're just like, all right, well, that score meant nothing. Glad we're just canceling scores out here. So, yeah, and, I mean, if you if you can't get a stop, there's there's really no there's no way you're going to ever take the lead at that point. I mean, it's just going to be back and forth. All that happened 
for it to be a seven-point game in the final three minutes of the game. Tulsa has the ball. Tulsa burst on an explosive play or two. All of a sudden, Tulsa's inside the red zone, and Tulsa at this point is just trying to play keep away at the end of the game because they know in a seven-point game, if they give A-State the ball back, A-State offense has started to roll a little bit more in the second half of play. And if they give A-State the ball back, there's a chance that A-State could drive down the field and send the game to overtime. So at that point, at the end of the game, when Tulsa has the ball, all they're trying to do is just keep it out of the end zone for as long as possible and run as much time off the clock as they possibly can. And A-State just assists with them. You wait until your first to call your first timeout until 50 seconds is left because you only had two. All right, whatever. At that point, it's second down. You have another timeout. So if on third down, you know, you stop them short, then you're able to call a timeout. And it's fourth down with 40 seconds to go. And if you get a stop on fourth down, you're going to get the ball back. But you have to go 99 yards. So, I mean, it's it's a tough hill to climb even if you get the ball back. Mm-hmm. But coming out of the timeout, both teams are back on the field. A timeout, which was called by A-State. A-State has to burn another timeout. And then at this point, they lose the game because all Tulsa has to do is take a knee and the game is over with. And Tulsa wins the game. So you burn two timeouts back-to-back. You wait until 50 seconds to call You know your, your first of two timeouts. And it was just a terrible way to lose a game. And granted, if A-State gets the ball back there, they're not probably not going to go score and win the game because they would have to go 99 yards in 40 seconds and with no timeouts and trying to get out of bounds upon every catch they make. So That's hard even for another team. That You're probably losing the game at that point. And right. that's fine if you lose the game that way. But losing the game being unprepared and Tulsa taking a knee on pretty much the one-inch line was a terrible way to lose and really just didn't give yourselves a chance. Uh, so it was a very, 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 very bad ending to a very bad day defensively for A-State on Saturday. Bright sides, uh, you know, I thought Blackman looked probably the most comfortable he's looked throwing the ball all season. He did have an interception of the game, but he threw for 321 yards. Uh, he had a decent completion percentage, and he had a lot of pressure put on him because A-State can never, estab- never establish the run. Um, and that's one of the things too I thought was an interesting stat and I would be interested to go back might be a segment tomorrow or Wednesday where we just kind of go back and look and see how the first down efficiency determines A-State drives because that's something that Philip Butterfield talked a lot about on the broadcast Saturday over on 107.9 K-Fine was that when A-State gets positive yardage on first down they most more times than not move the ball downfield and get points. When they don't get positive yardage on first down, they're going three and out, or they're going to have a short drive, and they're not scoring points. And so that was kind of the case. A-State never really could establish the run on Saturday. A lot of pressure was put on Blackman, and I didn't think he played bad. I thought he played – I thought he looked probably the most comfortable he's looked all season. Defensively, uh, A-State still had a slew of tackles for loss, eight tackles for loss. They disrupted a lot of plays. But, I mean, if the ball gets much past, you know, if the ball gets much past the box of five, seven yards, I mean, it's going for an explosive play every single time. There is, there's just no help in the secondary right now. So, the defensive line looked looked pretty good Saturday, but anytime they weren't creating pressure, it was big play after big play. 
Um, receiving guys, Corey Rucker and Dyer Green both played pretty well on Saturday. Uh, Rucker didn't have his best showing on the road at Washington, but had four receptions for 115 yards. And then uh, Dahu Green, four receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. Both averaged over 20 yards per catch on Saturday against Tulsa. So uh, both of those guys played really well for A-State offensively. Uh, defensively, Kevon Bennett uh, had a great game from his defensive line position. He had 11 tackles, two and a half for loss, and really kind of disrupted uh, a lot of plays. Joe Azugu as well, who led the team with three and a half tackles for loss. So those two guys up front of the defensive line looked really good for A-State on Saturday. Uh, and so those were some of the bright spots for A-State Saturday. The bad is that among all FBS teams in the country, A-State is now dead last in total defense. You go online, nice. you go to you go to NCAA.com, and you look at total defense. You have to scroll all the way down to the bottom before you find A-State. They are dead last in total defense. They have given up now almost 2,300 yards of offense in just four games played. By far the worst mark in the country. They are allowing 7.89 yards per play and have given up 23 touchdowns. By far the worst marks in the country. They are giving up 569 yards per game, which is by far the worst mark in the country. So everything from a total defense stat you can find on NCAA.com, A-State is dead last in. So uh, you don't really give yourselves a whole lot of a chance when you're relying on the offense to score every time they have the ball in order for you to win the game. And that kind of was the case on um, Saturday in uh, A-State Tulsa. So uh, A-State now drops to 1-3, and three, uh, and they'll start conference play next week at Georgia Southern, and Georgia Southern is in a mess of their own uh, already with an interim coach uh, heading into that A-State game on Saturday. So uh, we'll talk more about that Georgia Southern game as we get later on in the week. Uh, all right, so we'll come back. Uh, we, we had six things, one of the C out of A-State in the Tulsa game. Uh, we'll look over that and uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the A-State-Tulsa game on Saturday. That's uh, coming up after this timeout here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Hey, everybody. It's Matt Stoltz. And Brad Bobo. So everybody seems to have a podcast these days. And, well, we've decided to join the party. We'll release a new episode every Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk about what's going on with the Red Wolves, but we'll also be able to talk about some things we might not always get to. That's right. We'll have interviews, behind-the-scenes info, tell plenty of stories, and have a whole lot of fun as we talk about everything. A state. It's the second to none podcast presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast. Need health insurance now? Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield's limited duration plans provide affordable coverage designed to cover you for the length of time you need it. You don't have to wait to shop for health insurance. You can apply for these policies at any time. Call Woody Harrelson at 870-897-5000 or come see Woody at 2512 Alexander Drive in Jonesboro today. Woody Harrelson is a soliciting agent for Arkansas Blue Cross, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Plans available only to residents in Arkansas. 
At Baker Implement, we know that you can't wait to apply crop protection. Your yield depends on it. Case IH Patriot Series sprayers get you into the field sooner with a lighter footprint and balanced weight distribution. Plus, AIM Command Flex Advanced Spray Technology delivers consistent, accurate coverage regardless of speed and terrain, improving yield potential while reducing inputs and labor. That's high-efficiency farming at its best. For more information on Case IH Patriot Series sprayers, visit Baker Implement or go to BakerImplement.com to find a dealer near you. What are you looking for in a dentist? Experience, a friendly, caring staff, the latest in procedures and technology. You can have all of those things at Brooklyn Dental. Dr. Tony and Dr. Adams have been taking care of patients across the area for years and have brought that care to the all-new Brooklyn Dental. They're accepting new patients right now and work with all types of insurance. So why wait? Call Brooklyn Dental now at 393-5330 to schedule an appointment. That's 393-5330. Brooklyn Dental, open now on Highway 49 North in Brooklyn. Red Rose fans, this is your coach, Butch Jones, and it's football time in Jonesboro. We can't wait to see you pack the vault for six home games this fall. Hatcher going deep down the right side looking for Hunt. This is tipped and caught, and T. Hunt is going to score. Touchdown, Arkansas State from 53 yards out. We need you to create the best home field advantage. Purchase your season tickets now by visiting astateredwolves.com or call 870-972-2781. Wolves up. Arkansas State Parks are your passport to explore everything the natural state has to offer, from our storied past to our scenic beauty. With unexpected escapes like Jacksonport State Park, you can get a unique look at our state's history. Each one of our 52 state parks offers something just a little bit different. So pick up your passport at any state park visitor center. Plan your trip at ArkansasStatePark.com. Brought to you by this station and the Arkansas Broadcasters Association. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the tickets. 95.3 FM, 96.9 FM, the tickets. Uh, all right, so I actually lied a little bit. Uh, A-State is 126th out of 130 in terms of uh, opponent touchdowns allowed this year. Uh, UMass, UConn, and uh, Akron. Or they're only ones worse. So there not, you go. Still not good company to be with, though. Uh, A State is now one thirty out of one thirty in terms of uh, opponent, or in terms of uh, pass defense, uh, allowing sixteen point eight yards per completion and three hundred and sixty six passing yards per game. Uh, also allowing ten point one uh, yards per attempt. So, yikes! Uh, not uh, not good numbers uh, when you go and look at some of the total defense stats but anyways uh all right so on friday before the game went over some of the six things kind of wanted to see out of this uh a state tulsa game on uh saturday in tulsa and so we'll uh we'll uh we'll recap those uh so one of the things that talked about was just kind of wanted to see a state really throw the ball well, throw the ball all over the place against Tulsa. Uh, because coming into the game, Tulsa's t- two leading tacklers were their safeties, which meant a lot of plays were getting extended past, you know, past the initial box, past five, ten yards. 
because Tulsa's two leading tacklers were their safeties. So really thought it would be important to beat them over the top. And, and two, like Tulsa really hadn't seen a team that threw the ball a lot on them this year. So I guess the answer is yes. Uh, I mean, A-State threw for 321 yards. Uh, you know, Blackman was 23-37, two touchdowns and interception. It wasn't an all-time performance, but it wasn't bad. I mean, A-State threw the ball effectively, uh, offensively, and that really was kind of the only thing offensively that looked really well because A-State did not run the ball very good at all. The other thing talked about was just don't allow the long drives defensively or the big plays and, you know, get – Get Tulsa off the field because coming into this game, Tulsa against Ohio State, their first two possessions had a 16-play drive and a 14-play drive. So really don't allow those big extended drives and then don't allow Tulsa to have big explosive plays. Well, that was a no because Tulsa's first touchdown, 88 yards. Their second touchdown – 25 yards third touchdown 34 yards uh the third quarter their uh first touchdown of the third quarter 17 yards uh 75 yard touchdown in the third quarter of play and then a 45 yard field goal so pretty much every scoring or every touchdown Tulsa had with the exception of one came on a big explosive play so sounds like the uh sounds like the Memphis game a little bit yeah of a repeat so that um yeah, was not uh, not great uh, defensively for uh, for A State on Saturday. And then you know, talk about no extended drives. Well, Tulsa really extended drives. I mean, they had a ten play, sixty three yard drive, a fourteen play, sixty or fourteen play, forty eight yard drive in the third quarter, and then their last drive uh, in the fourth was a thirteen play, seventy uh, six yard drive that took six minutes and thirty four seconds off the clock. So Tulsa A had big plays, big explosive plays, and B had extended drives in the game on Saturday. I mean, you're just you're not going to win playing like that. It's Yeah, it seems like the same problems are coming back week in, week out, but we'll see. Who knows. Yes. Um one of the other things talked about keeping on the defensive side was to not allow the big plays on third down. Um a-State going into the game had surrendered a conversion of 12 plays of third and five or longer this season to keep opponents' drives alive. I mean, I guess kind of. Um, Tulsa was 5 of 14 on third down, but, I mean, they really didn't need third down conversions. I mean, a lot of their touchdowns came on big explosive plays, uh, first or second down. They're just getting outside of, you know, five, six yards and nobody else on A-State being to catch up to them. So, I mean, Tulsa was 5-14 of 14 on third down. That's one of the better conversion rates that A-State, the A-State defense has held an opponent to so far this year. So I guess the answer is kind of on uh, that. There is no doubt the answer to this next one is no because talked about A-State really needed to establish some type of running game. Um, Tulsa had just been gashed in the run game in each of the last two weeks coming into play. Uh, really thought, hey, maybe this is the weekend where A-State gets the running game going. Well, we didn't see Marcel Murray in the game, and I think there was a lot of optimism that he would be able to play. And so you had Johnny Lang, Lincoln Perry, and Alan Lamar taking snaps and running back the whole night. And uh, the uh, 
Team leader in rushing yards was Johnny Lang, who rushed four times for 27 yards, and uh, 21 of those 27 yards came on one carry. So, no, A-State did not establish the run. No, A-State has not established the run all year long, unless you want to count the second half of play against uh, UCA, and I guess for a half they established the run. But the other other three and a half games, no, they've yet to establish any type of running game at all offensively. They they need to, especially going into conference play. I mean – it's it's important. We've talked about it all all season. It makes your offense one dimensional, and you're not going to win games being one dimensional. So let's hope again for next week that it gets established. But we'll see. One of the other things wanted to see was for a state to get off to a quicker start. Felt like that kind of had been hampering them uh, in the weeks leading up to this game. Uh, is that they just did not have. Uh, just did not get off to a quick start. They were up fourteen to seven after the uh, after the first quarter of play, and then just did nothing in the second quarter of play. And Tulsa outscores them seventeen nothing, and Tulsa takes the lead, and Tulsa never surrenders the lead back. And the other one was play a complete game, and obviously the answer to that was no. Because while I did think A State strung together three. Good quarters of passing offense. They never really established the run, and obviously uh, it uh, was was not a great showing uh, defensively on Saturday. One of the bright spots, though, for A-State offensively, they did have 20 first downs, which is an improvement over the last few weeks. 15 passing, two rushing, and three off penalty. Uh, so A-State was a little bit better at extending drives uh because obviously they did have 21st down. So that's that's a more impressive number than we've seen. The special teams looked good for A-State on Saturday. You had a punt return, uh, you know, for a touchdown. There were a lot of times where A-State flipped the field with some big punts on Saturday uh, by Ryan Hansen. Uh, and so special teams look good, and you see some signs offensively where A-State, you know, you take the second quarter out of the equation, first quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, A-State was able to extend some drives, put some points on the board, and look to be in some sort of a rhythm and a flow offensively. But you can't take the second quarter out of that because the second quarter is still a part of the game, and uh, A-State is yet to really put together four complete quarters offensively. So uh, final score, Tulsa 41, A-State 34. Tulsa got their first win of the season. Um and a state dropped to one and three. Uh, also, the announced attendance was fourteen thousand eight hundred and eighty-one, and I've never seen a bigger lie on attendance in my life. <laughs> As someone who was at the game, maybe two thousand, maybe wow, maybe two thousand. Yes, yeah. And no, That's no way. There weren't even fourteen thousand eight hundred and eighty-one people within five miles of the stadium much less in the stadium on Saturday so that's one of the most misleading attendance numbers I have ever seen in my life so that was the official number was 14,000 yes <laughs> makes you wonder I, I mean I have a picture it I have a picture from 10 minutes before kickoff and there are more empty seats than there are filled seats and it's it's not close I'm looking at it right now so if you <laughs> Whatever. I mean, if you got if you got to pad your stat, if the AAC requires you to pad your attendance stats so they can be 
designated as a Power Six conference, then go for it. But I guess that's the new norm as Pat attendance was, stats. There was no way 14,891 people were at that game. But uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, so A-State drops to 1-3. Tulsa improves to 1-3 on the season. All right, so we'll come back. Uh, we'll look at uh, the national college football slate. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk Arkansas A and M uh, because that was a very good game, uh, and just look more at the national college football slate. Uh, the Ryder Cup uh, also happened this week. We have some NFL stuff to get into, so we'll get into that and much more as we head to the second half of the program on a Monday. After this, on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket. Hey, y'all. This is Matthew Cox with Cox Implement. Time for football and time to check out our new inventory of zero-turn mowers. Don't keep putting money in that old mower and don't wait till next year. It is no secret the inventory has been a challenge in 2021, but at Cox, we are stocking up on zero-turn mowers and preparing for 2022. Kick off the fall with a new zero-turn mower from Cox Implement. Come see at any of our three locations in Hoxie, Highland, and Jonesboro or visit us online at coximplement.com. Cox Implement, equipment you can count on, people you can trust. 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket is adding another hour of local programming. Hey, this is Cade Carlton. Join me and Andrew Bowen every weekday from 2 to 3 right here on The Ticket for our newest show, The Setup. We'll talk all things A-State, college sports, professional sports, and whatever else the topic of the day might be. And we'll interview a wide variety of guests from local and national levels. It's The Setup weekdays 2 to 3 right here on 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket. We have another full Friday night of high school football action this week across the EAB Sports Network. Join us as Jonesboro hosts Sheridan on 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket. And in 5A East action, Valley View welcomes Forest City on 101.3 KBTM, while Brooklyn hosts Nettleton with EAB Megacast coverage on both 94.1 Bob FM and 101.7 KISS FM. High school football is brought to you by First National Bank, NEA Baptist, Real Estate Nate, the Cavanaugh Auto Group, St. Bernard's, JOSM, and Domino's Pizza. Join us for pregame coverage live from the stadium at 6.30 Friday night on this EAB Sports Network station. Let's talk about America. Not taxes or tweets or the issues that divide us, but how incredible our country is. Left, right, up, down, state lines to winding coastlines. Whether you come home to a crowded city street, tree-lined suburb, or sleepy small town, everyone deserves to live in a clean, green, and thriving community. And we all share in the responsibility to create beauty that ripples from one neighborhood to another and one block to the next. We are Keep America Beautiful, the nonprofit working with millions of people just like you to end littering, improve recycling, and beautify our communities. Because every mindful action and sustainable habit has a positive impact, and it all adds up. Learn how you can join Keep America Beautiful at kab.org. Together, we can do beautiful things. Heart disease remains a leading killer of Americans and significantly affects quality of life. I'm Jimmy Johnson, and like someone you probably know, I have heart disease. Today, I'm able to do what I love, but just a few short years ago, heart disease could have kept me from the sidelines. I talked to my doctor, and working with an interventional cardiologist, we decided on a stent. I've never looked back. As a survivor, I'm urging you to get treated and live well. For more information, visit secondscount.org. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. 
All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on 95.3-96.9. The ticket halfway home on a Monday edition of the setup. All right, so we've dived a lot into this uh, A-State Tulsa game from Saturday. And we may touch on it before we get out of here, but honestly, I don't really want to talk about it just a whole lot because there was not much good that came out of A-State Tulsa on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Just got to keep moving on. There, uh, there was a lot of good that came out over the uh, college football weekend. It was a very interesting college football weekend, and in no particular order, we're just going to kind of go through it because I have a Friday game mixed in with like a bunch of these Saturday games because I wasn't thinking when I wrote this down this morning. But we're just going to go through the uh, college football weekend as a whole. Uh, I do believe that I called Arkansas beating A and M on this very program on Friday you and did. a lot throughout last week. Uh, I. <laughs> I just I don't know why people thought they would be, but A and M is not this elite second place in the SEC West SEC team that everyone predicted at the beginning of the year. They're an eight and four, nine and three team. They're going to lose to Bama. They're most likely going to lose to Ole Miss, and they're probably going to lose to one of uh, Auburn or LSU. I mean, that's they they can't move the ball. They don't have a quarterback. Even yeah. even. When Haynes King was healthy, they weren't much better. I mean, they scored seven points on Colorado with Haynes King in the game. Uh, like, and Calzada's not better. Like, they they just don't have a good offense. And I think a lot of people, and I kind of fell on this train too of, oh, Kellen Mond's not good. But then you kind of look back on it and it's like, no, Kellen Mond's probably a lot better than we gave him credit for because now Texas A&M does not have a quarterback that can run that offense at all. I mean, they had. 172 yards of offense and I think Arkansas is really good on defense but I think that's more of a testament to how bad Texas A&M is on offense uh I agree I mean you've been saying it all year I mean after their first two games you were saying that A&M doesn't look as good and obviously everyone was a little little doubtful at first but after this week I think it's for sure that A&M's offense is just struggling I mean can and this is why I say I think Bama and Ole Miss for sure, and then maybe Auburn or Arc or Auburn or um, LSU because there's not a whole lot of offenses that are even offenses that are decent that A and M is going to be able to keep up with because they don't have any type of offensive production. So your offenses that are averaging in the 30s or 40s or whatever it may be, like this A and M's not going to be able to keep up with them because they can't score. But nonetheless, it it was a really good win for Arkansas uh, and. Excited to talk uh, with Curtis Wilkerson about that win tomorrow because, uh, again, like I don't think – and Arkansas is a kind of a gauntlet of the next two weeks uh, where they're on the road at Georgia and on the road at Ole Miss. Georgia obviously number two in the country. Uh, and then depending on what happens this weekend, Ole Miss will either be top 10 or top 20, whatever. So back-to-back. Just gauntlet of games coming up for Arkansas, but uh, that's that's a big win. If they go one and two with those two games, if you at least win one, I mean that's going to be huge, no matter yeah. what. But so it's going to be hard. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, they're on the road at 11 a.m. against uh, Georgia this weekend, uh, which is actually where college game day is going to be in Athens this uh, weekend. So that was a uh, that was a big win for Arkansas, really. To me, was not any type of surprising. I expected that to happen. So uh, that happened on a Saturday. Uh, Friday night, 
so Friday on the show we talked about how Pro Football Focus, who I I like a little bit, sometimes they kind of go overboard with the stuff they post, but especially with like their offense, like how can you grade an offensive line? I don't trust your offensive line gradings. How can you grade an offensive line? Anyways, <laughs> uh, they put out on Friday – Malik Willis was their number one quarterback in college football. Um, over whoever, Hal, Corral, Rattler, whatever other quarterback you want to put in the conversation. Malik Willis was their number one quarterback in college football. All for Liberty to go and lose to Syracuse 24-21 to on Friday. And for Malik Willis to throw for just 205 yards. Now, Willis was 14-19, of had three touchdowns. But just 205 yards of offense, and his team lost 24 to 21 to Syracuse. So I'm not trusting that rating. Yeah, As I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I don't like my the the number one quarterback in the draft losing to Syracuse. Sorry, but yeah, that's that's not a good look. Uh, in terms of the SEC on Saturday, outside of Arkansas A and M, there. There wasn't just a ton of uh, interesting things that went down in the uh, SEC this weekend. Um, I guess the most interesting score was Georgia sixty-two, Vandy nothing. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a game where that's a game where Georgia really took Georgia took their starters out at halftime and weren't even they weren't even trying to score in the second half of play, and (laughs) they still put up. uh, I guess they put up. 17 on Vandy in the second half of play, and that's with backups in, not even trying to score. And they won 62 to nothing. It's just depressing. I just feel bad for Vandy. It's just depressing. Uh, Vanderbilt in that game had 24 passing yards and 53 uh, rushing yards in that uh, contest. So quick math, 77 yards of offense. So uh, Georgia was – Georgia came very close to outscoring Vandy's total yardage output – uh, and they, matter of fact, they were doing it for a while. And then when they called the dogs off, Vandy got a few more yards on. Just them, so just to show how even sadder it was was I was in Nashville this weekend. Um, it looked like a Georgia home game. Yeah, the and that's, of, how, that's how it always looks. It, it was Vandy. nuts. <laughs> so that was that was interesting just for the sheer blowout factor. Uh, the other one that was interesting, and this is why I think it's twenty twenty one is on the verge of being a 2007 type season where just weird stuff happens and weird teams are going to be in the playoff and some weird team is going to win the national championship. Uh, Clemson's bad. Like Clemson is bad offensively. They are bad offensively. They cannot move the ball. They had 214 yards of offense against NC state and lost in double overtime. So it's September 27th and Clemson is pretty much out of the playoff and fell all the way to 25th too. They're not done losing. I mean, like Clemson's not going to run the tables from here on out. Boston College just beat Mizzou. They have Boston College next week. That's not a guarantee. Louisville's not a guarantee. Wake Forest is not a guarantee. Like, there's still – Pitt's not a guarantee. Like, there's still a chance Clemson loses a couple of more games. If so, they lose to Louisville, I – it's over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that I just, team is bad. So, I just uh, – I don't know. That one, that one is uh, – that one's very interesting. Uh, the other two games in the SEC that were kind of interesting this week, uh, and we'll we'll kind of bounce around in the SEC and then go to a Sun Belt scoreboard. 
Uh, LSU State was very interesting. That that one kind of felt like a uh, a loser leaves town type matchup on Saturday. Uh, LSU obviously uh, won the game. They, I mean, State almost came back and won the game against LSU, but uh, LSU was able to hold on uh, and beat uh, Mississippi State on uh, on uh, Saturday, twenty eight to twenty five. So uh, Ed Orgeron stays safe another week, and then. What looked to be a surefire loss this week at Auburn, I don't really know if that's the case now because Auburn now has a – first off, Auburn nearly lost Saturday. Second off, Auburn now has a quarterback controversy in which Brian Harson said he did not know who would be his starter on Saturday earlier in his Monday press conference because Auburn nearly lost to Georgia State on Saturday. The 34-24 score is misleading because Auburn was down uh, 24-19. Fourth down, Auburn's driving inside the red zone. Fourth down and five. Bo Nix has been taken out of the game because Bo Nix played terrible. And T.J. Finley, who was at LSU last year, had been put in. Fourth down and five. Georgia State brings the pressure T.J. Finley nearly gets sacked and somehow completes the ball into the end zone for a touchdown with 50 seconds to go. Auburn scores there. They go for two. They get two. And then two plays later, Georgia State throws a pick six. And so Auburn winds up winning the game by 10, even though with 50 seconds to go or whatever it was, they were trailing it by five to Georgia State. So Georgia State nearly goes on the road and pulls the upset over Auburn on Saturday 34-24 was uh, the final in that one uh so that was a uh that was a very uh, interesting game uh interesting week to an extent in the Sunbelt uh Sunbelt scoreboard as a whole uh, Coastal Carolina uh defeated UMass 53 to 3 uh Texas State lost 59 to 21 to Eastern Michigan uh Lafayette just hung on against Georgia Southern 28 to 20 then Monroe pulled the upset 29-16 over Troy uh in terms of Sunbelt Conference games this weekend all right uh Rido Cup was played this week uh the NFL went on yesterday we have a Monday night football game tonight uh and a little bit of baseball talk that we need to dive into before the program is over so we'll step aside take our final break of the show today come back and wrap it up after this on the ticket our advice just take the over more of the setup is coming up next on the ticket big gains for hogs hello i'm scotty woodson on the eab ag network with your eab market countdown december corn at 539 and a half up 12 and three quarters with march corn at 547 up 12 and a half november soybeans 1287 and a half up two and a half with january soybeans at 1297 and a half up two and three quarters december wheat at 722 and a quarter down one and a half with march wheat at 733 and three quarters down one october cotton at 98.91 up 206 with December cotton at 98.5 also up 206. November rice at 13.99 and a half up nine and a half with January rice at 14.20 and a half up 12. Moving on to livestock now, October live cattle at 122.40 down 52.5 with December live cattle at 127.80 down 35. September feeder cattle at 154.25 down 37.5 with October feeder cattle at 154.77.5 down 257.5. October lane hogs at 90.25 up 297.5 with December hogs at 81.55 up 475. That's your EAB market countdown brought to you by Pico Foods. Now buying corn and milo direct from local farmers in Arkansas, Alabama, Missouri, and Mississippi. Farmers, harvest is here and Pico. 
Pico Foods wants your corn and Milo. If you haven't called Pico Foods, do so today to take advantage of their always competitive prices. Pico Foods, the eighth largest poultry producer in the U.S. and a fourth-generation family-owned business, is committed to doing business with local producers, and right now they want to buy your corn and Milo. Call today in Arkansas, Missouri, David Durham or James Chester, 870-202-7101. In Alabama and Mississippi, contact Craig Berner, John Taylor Hickman at 601-670-9383. Step right up and gaze upon this miraculous substance I hold in the palm of my hands. This little miracle can feed us, clothe us, give us clean, fresh water, and provide wildlife habitat for nature's critters. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the greatest soil on earth. Learn more about soil health principles that can turn your soil into a star performer. Contact your local USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how. This message brought to you by USDA and this radio station. I've been a farmer all my life, and I know how important it is that we never miss a season. So let's vaccinate Arkansas to stop COVID-19. It's safe, effective, and rigorously tested. Do it for yourself, for your family, and for Arkansas. This is our best shot to get to the other side of the pandemic. Save lives. Get your vaccination. Learn more at healthy.arkansas.gov. This message brought to you by the Arkansas Department of Health. Greenway is your local source for John Deere equipment and implements. Now we've made finding the perfect piece of equipment even easier. Shop our tractor packages online at gogreenway.com. Till deeper with our down-to-earth package. Or save big with our Green Saver package. Need something with a little more muscle? Kick it up a notch with Greenway's Get In Gear package. We're here to support the DIYer in you. No matter what project comes your way, Greenway has you covered. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the ticket, 95.3, the ticket, 970 A.M. K-N-E-A. K. Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the tickets. All right, so uh, the Ryder Cup went on this weekend, and I, I really hated the date of the Ryder Cup because it fell just right in the middle of college football. Uh I really wish the Ryder Cup would not come during football season because it does make it a little bit harder to be as interested as you probably should be in it. But uh, the Ryder Cup was this weekend. One of the things going into the Ryder Cup that was talked about a lot is felt like, hey, maybe this U.S. team isn't as good as they have been in uh, years past. And maybe the, uh, the European team can get them this year. So, going into yesterday, yesterday was Sunday singles. Uh, and it was it was not close. It was not close. Uh, the United States was 7-3-2 in Sunday singles yesterday. Roy McIlroy, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood were the only ones out of uh, the European side to win on Sunday singles. Meanwhile, uh, Daniel Berger, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kekpa, Dustin Johnson, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Scotty Scheffler, and Patrick Cantlay all won for the U.S. So it was a dominating 19-9 scoring differential between the United States uh, and the Ryder Cup when it was all said and done. Uh, So the U.S. won the 2020 
I guess it's called the 2020 Ryder Cup because it was supposed to take place last year, even though it was played in 2021. They're calling it the 2020 Ryder Cup. So uh, the U.S. won that. Uh, there were shirts after with Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka like fighting each other, and Bryson DeChambeau was wearing the shirt. Uh, DeChambeau and Kepka like hugged after, so maybe their beef maybe their beef is over. Uh, Who and, knows? And the Who press knows? conference with uh, the uh, Ryder Cup team yesterday was electric after uh, the uh, U.S. won. So. It was a good weekend at Whistling Straits uh, for the U.S. Ryder Cup team, and uh, I guess now they're they're alternating to odd years on that, and so the next one will be in twenty three. Um, Interesting. So I think it's twenty three and twenty five. The next two uh, Ryder Cups, but uh, that was uh, that was definitely a fun story to keep track on this weekend as the U.S. just dominated yesterday at uh, at uh, Whistling Straits. So that went on yesterday. We also saw some uh, NFL football going on yesterday as well. And it wasn't just a phenomenal NFL Sunday. Uh, obviously, one of the big things about the NFL is that the night games, the national TV primetime night games, have delivered. We got a great Sunday night football game and a great Monday night football game last week. And then last night we got one as well, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Uh, Buffalo has not been particularly great offensively like they have been in years past, but they scored 43 points yesterday. And so, hey, maybe maybe they're back. Uh, the Bears situation is – it's – It's depressing. It is um, – it's crazy uh, because Cleveland won twenty six to six. Justin Fields got the start for Chicago yesterday and did not look very good. He was six of twenty for sixty eight yards. Uh, the Bears also had forty six rushing yards in the game, so Lord, they barely got over a hundred yards of offense. So, uh, not a great day for the Chicago Bears. And now Matt Nagy, their head coach, has come out and said that. He does not know if uh, it will be Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, or Justin Fields that gets the start for the Bears when they play next Sunday. So that's uh, not to mention Khalil Max out too. I mean their team is their team is struggling. Yes, uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, otherwise known as uh, Jameis Winston, had a, a great showing yesterday. As he's kind of. Good week, bad week. Good week, bad week. He had a good showing yesterday uh, as he went 13 to 21 for 128 yards, and the Saints defeated the Patriots 28 to 13 in that game uh, yesterday. And then last night, it was the big comeback where, first off, you don't leave Aaron Rodgers any time on the clock at the end of the game. I thought we, I thought we as football fans, football players, football coaches, whatever have learned by now that at the end of the game, you don't leave Aaron Rodgers' time to drive down the field. Don't even get me started on it. The 49ers kicked or scored a touchdown with 37 seconds to go. In 37 seconds, Aaron Rodgers went down the field 42 yards in six plays and set up Mason Crosby for a 51-yard game-winning field goal to win the game. And it is the same song different verse do not let Aaron Rodgers get the ball with 
any time left on the scoreboard. Otherwise, you are going to regret it. And that, that's exactly what happened last night as uh, the Packers won 30-28 to in a thrilling fashion on uh, Sunday Night Football. So. Aaron Rodgers breaking my heart. Nothing new going on here. So, <laughs> Yep. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to Aaron Rodgers. Tonight, uh, it's uh, Philadelphia and Dallas, seven fifteen. Monday Night Football on ESPN. We'll also have the Manning cast on ESPN2. You can also hear it right here on 95.3, the ticket, the home of uh, the Dallas Cowboys. All right, so one thing to get into before we get out of here on the show today is obviously not a lot of MLB talk because we're in the middle of college football season. And more importantly, we're in the middle of now conference play starting in college football season. But there is only a week to go actually not even a week to go in the MLB season. I think every team, unless they're making up games, only has six games left on the season because the season ends uh, this Sunday, as a matter of fact. And right now, um, pretty much all the the divisions have been set. Milwaukee is going to win the Central. uh, And then in the American... uh, Tampa Bay, Chicago, and Houston are going to win their divisions. Those have been set. The only two that have a little bit of room for concern maybe is uh, the American League East, in which the Braves are up two and a half games in the Phillies, and the uh, or the NL East, I'm sorry, in the NL West, in which the Giants are up now two games on the Dodgers. So those may come down to the final uh, couple of games. But other than that, everything's set. Uh, and pretty much now, the wild card is set. All the Cardinals have to do now is win one game, and uh, they've clinched the wild card because they have six games left. Cincinnati and Philadelphia both have six games left, and both Cincinnati and Philadelphia are now six games back of the wild card as the Cardinals have won 16 straight games. I don't think they're going to be able to get, unless they close the regular season out with six straight wins, I don't know that they're going to be able to get to the A's win streak. Um, because I think the A's win streak was like 22 or 23 uh, in the early 2000s, which inspired uh, Moneyball. Actually, it was, it was 20 games in 2002 uh, was the A's win streak, which is one of the longer win streaks we've seen in the last 30 or 40 years. So uh, may not quite get there uh, to 20, but they're going to be awfully close as they have won uh, 16 with this season, who knows? Straight games. Everything yeah. unexpected has happened. I mean, so we'll see. Uh, light slate in the MLB today. Cardinals are off today, and then they'll play tomorrow against the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, 645, over on 95.9 The Wolf. So that's coming up uh, tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to get a chance to chat with uh, Curtis Wilkerson tomorrow. We'll recap, uh, go a little bit more in-depth, recapping that uh, – Arkansas at A&M game uh, from Saturday and look ahead to this week in which uh, Arkansas goes on the road to Georgia. So we'll get a chance to chat with him tomorrow on the program, Uh, get a chance to kind of go over Tulsa a little bit more and then put that game to bed um, and start turning our attention to Georgia Southern on the show tomorrow as well. All right, so one of the more uh, interesting storylines that came out of the weekend was at Ohio State, (laughs) and it had nothing to do 
with the game itself as much as it had to do with Ohio State dismissing their linebacker, Kavon Pope, after an incident on the sideline on Saturday. So Kavon Pope is a senior. He was escorted off the field during Ohio State's win against Akron on Saturday. And apparently it was all over the fact that uh, he kind of threw his gloves into the stands, uh, attempted to take his jersey off on the sideline, and went through all this kind of tantrum on the sideline over the fact that apparently he uh, did not get into the game in a blowout over Akron. So uh, Kevon Pope earlier in the day was dismissed from the program, and now he is in the transfer portal. So Wow. <laughs> Interesting. That's uh, quite a fall from grace. <laughs> yes, it was. So that uh, that was something. I don't really know that most people talked about it a lot on Saturday, but then I yesterday it, it. kind of came out and it was kind of all over social media yesterday. So uh, that was interesting. By the way, uh, one of the funniest things from today. So obviously, one of the bigger games of college football this week is uh, – Alabama at home against Ole Miss. Uh, Lane Kiffin has already started the whole Bama respect. They have no holes. Even if they did, they filled them in free agency. We're a huge underdog for a reason this weekend. (laughs) I love Coach Speak. I love Coach Speak so much. All right, that does it for us on the show today. Uh, Thanks to Andrew Bowen and the other side for producing. The uh, Drive with Brad Bobo is up next from 3 to 6. 7 to 10 tomorrow morning, it's the Front Row with Budrow. 10 to 12 tomorrow, it's Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2, it's the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie, and that gets you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Express Employment.